Hi, this is T.C. Freeman. We want to welcome you to the Remote Pilot Association podcast, where today's topic is picking a takeoff and landing zone, or LZ. Uh, I'm your chief flight instructor, T.C. Freeman, and want to share with you a story from the field, so to speak. Uh, in this case, it's a scenic bridge over a large inlet. Uh, there's a beautiful waterway off the coast of North Carolina. I won't say the city so we don't incriminate ourselves but uh, going on vacation there and there was uh, uh, to our rental house and we were driving across this beautiful uh, inlet bridge and we thought wow that would be great for the drone and I get some cool drone shots. Uh, one thing we did that was good um, I think, think the moral of the story here is just having a good debriefing uh, after every flight so you can get better and better. But um, we, did, we did do some good things, which was going over ahead of time and evaluating the, the having a site visit, basically, is the term. Uh, we went the day prior, checked it out, was able to find a parking spot. Not a whole lot of parking available. They just had kind of an ex extended side of the road area where a few cars could park. And uh, so we did find that, picked out a good LZ for the for the drone, and then talked about uh, different alter alternative LZs uh, with my visual observer there. And um, so the the point is that you know make sure you spend time at the site to kind of get a vibe for you know what it's about, what the challenges can be, you know what are the winds doing, what what are the what's the traffic doing or pedestrians and that's that's very important and get a good idea of, of that and the weather so though picking the time of day is important because uh, we went at a time where there wasn't a whole bunch of traffic and we thought wow this is pretty good however the same sunset that we were wanting to shoot attracted a lot of other folks uh, it was pretty interesting or, or a little overwhelming just to see how many folks noticed that beautiful sunset as they went over the, the crest of the bridge and were like, man, we got to go check this out as well. And, and that leads to some pretty sporadic driving or spontaneous driving, if you will. And uh, anyway, once we got our place, though, we, we uh, got unloaded and, and had the drone out, had a good LZ, had a very large drone, so it was pretty intimidating to look at. And as you might imagine, uh, attracted a lot of folks coming around with, with questions and interested people, very nice, courteous folks, which was fine, but you do have to plan for that and not let it become a distraction. And our, our fortunate thing is uh, happen to have a visual observer there, and that's usually our deal going into it is, hey, if anybody comes up, you know, while we're actively flying, just, you know, nicely tell them that, hey, the pilot's busy that you know when he lands he can come back and to you and answer any questions you got or if there's time for the visual observer to to do that if they're not tasked they can answer some some general questions typically as well uh, one of the concerns we had though at that point with all the cars and people coming up was the potential of of the landing zone becoming blocked in because it was pretty close quarters and we had just a small area so as people were kind of coming and going we were thinking that they could uh, you know take that spot where our LZ was and so perhaps um, 
you know, sectioning off that area might have been good. However, it, it, that could have made some folks mad just due to the beautiful sunset and limited parking space there as well. Uh, we did have a couple of alternate landing sites picked out, like we said before, and one was a, a marsh, not the most ideal area. you got to watch out for those gators, right? And a thin strip of grass that was actually across the road from where we were at. Uh, it would have worked, you know, if we, if we had to. So if somebody came up and parked right in our LZ and we couldn't get them to, to go away or give us a little space, that sometimes happens. Uh, we, we had an alternate in mind. Now, one thing we did notice is once we got up in the air, I was looking around, and I was like, wow, there was an LZ kind of just that we couldn't see from the ground that was really visible once we just got uh, about 100 feet off off the deck there or, or above ground level, and we were able to, to see it. And I was like, wow, that would have been a good one to, to add. So we didn't know uh, at that point. But, you know, on the fly, you could be spontaneous and, and add that if, if worse comes to comes to worst you really need to land so anyway one thing to keep in mind related to those pedestrians and cars driving by is you know our drones can be a distraction to drivers and that's not a safe thing it's a safety concern so you want to make sure you know you maintain a, a high altitude that you're you're transitioning when there aren't any uh, cars coming over the road there and then you know making it where you're not flying up adjacent to the bridge, maybe where folks can peer off and the next thing you know they see a drone and that is a distraction concern there. Uh, note to drivers, you should just maintain the course, you know, like we do and flying our drones and, and aviation, keep the main job the main job, but we're in a highly distracted state this day and age with with the uh, old well-worn cell phone distractions and that sort of thing. Um, so now we were able to get some of those beautiful shots and it worked out well. I had a, a, several nice conversations after we landed. I think we inspired a, a young fellow there that was really interested in the drone. Uh, and then we did a debriefing afterwards. You know, we went back and looked at the footage and really enjoyed that. But we talked about, hey, what went right? You know, what went wrong and what could we do better? So uh, I thought a lot of things went right. We could have. Um, you know, visited the site on the same day as off the top of my head there, like we talked about in the story there, uh, and then perhaps sectioned off the the LZ with some cones or something. Uh, it doesn't have to be a large area. You know, always kind of running that risk of folks accusing you of taking up too much space. But however, that would be uh, the right thing to do. So there's you know a lot of different things that we can evaluate. Uh, if you're working with several drone teams or, or you're in a group, uh, make sure you spread that information around. A aviation, we try to do this uh, non-punitive kind of approach to when folks make mistakes or could do a better job. We don't use it as a reason to, as they say, get on to somebody. We use it to do a better job next time, but also looking out after other folks so they don't, don't uh, have any issues as well. So I'm Chief Flight Instructor T.C. Freeman with the Remote Pilot Association, uh, where we have a pilot for uh, 
sorry, but where we have a passion for helping drone pilots start and sustain their own small drone business or use drones in the over the course of their normal jobs. Uh, so visit our website, remotepilotassociation.com, and there you can sign up for our free newsletter, learn about our commercial drone license, which is called a FAA Remote Pilot Certificate, so you can get paid for flying your drones, and we offer a a prep course for that and a video based and ebook. So thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next podcast.